to save much people alive. Amen. You may be seated. Thank God. Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your love, and your kindness. We ask in Jesus' name for a fresh anointing. Bless us in these few fitting moments as we stand to decree and declare your word to your precious people. Father, be exalted in Jesus' name. Give us the tongue of the learner who will speak a word to him who is weary. Pray that you anoint the ear and the minds and the hearts of this waiting congregation. That we may receive all that you have for us. We give you glory in this hour. We give you praise now. As always, I give my members to you. I surrender my will. As always, my will I give to you. I'll do what you say to Please use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say that my storage is empty. And I am available unto you. It's in the matchless, marvelous, majestic, and mighty name of Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. If you believe God and you agree with that prayer, I should clap your hands and shout hallelujah. I want to uh, preach today from the subject as the Lord will be our lead. This subject, when you arrive, when you arrive, colon, palace procedures. When you arrive, colon, palace procedures. By introduction, I'm going to deal with, uh, very simple, because we don't intend to be long. We want to kind of conclude the series and not be long. But we want to deal with, uh, by introduction, the importance of gifts and development. The importance of gifts and development. Um, and then the body of the message, we're going to deal with two things in the body as we embrace the text. We'll talk about divine Detours. Everybody say divine detours. Divine detours. Amen. Divine detours. Every detour is not a divine one, but God does have divine detours. And then we'll talk a little bit about development and demonstration. Development and demonstration. And then we'll conclude uh, with destiny realized. Destiny realized. Destiny with I look at somebody and tell them palace procedures. Palace procedures. Amen. Palace procedures. Clap your hands like you believe. Uh, Brother Mentor, you should be able to appreciate this. <laughs> Randy Gregory, young man from Jacksonville, Florida. Randy Gregory uh, was drafted uh, to play the defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys. Haters, I, I, I knew when I said thank you, brother. I knew when I said that that something was gonna rise up in these saints because y'all gonna be right. Uh, but he was drafted. He was drafted. Uh, to play defense, defensive end for the Cowboys. Now he's making millions of dollars. Yes. Randy Gregory, young man, probably about 
Now he may be about 26 or 27. Phenomenal player that plays for the most phenomenal team. Making millions. Millions. The interesting thing about it, the interesting thing about it, Ashley, is that we are celebrating him being drafted, but he was denied multiple times, Deacon. Denied. Got dressed up with the suit on and everything. They passed him by. Isn't that something? People's hopes and ambitions were up. Nobody picked him. Lord Jesus. And when he finally got drafted, uh, of course, they, they asked him, knowing his story, they asked him, um, how do you feel that you finally got in the NFL? How do you feel? And his words resounded in my mind as I was preparing for this message. He said emphatically, I finally arrived. That's all. Okay. As if to say, that I've already known mm -hmm. for years that I was supposed to be in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, since I was in the first grade, Lord Jesus. I told the teacher that I was going to be a football player. And he said, I finally arrived. When they denied me, I went back to working out. When no one called my name, I went back to lifting weights. I went back to running. I went back to exercising. I went back to refining and fine-tuning my gifts because I realized that this was a delay. Yeah. Yes, sir. But it was not a real denial. I knew that eventually I was going to make it. Why? Because I knew what my gifts were. I knew what my skill sets are. I didn't need anybody to pat me on the back because I knew yeah. what my gifts were. And now that I'm here, yeah. I finally, finally arrived. Look at somebody and ask them, are you prepared for your promotion? That's the question. Are you, are you prepared for it? Are you complaining because you haven't gotten it yet? Or are you prepared for it when it comes? When you get the opportunity, that's not the time for you to rehearse. That's the time for you to recite. There is a difference between rehearsal and reciting. And the problem is that we have some people rehearsing when it's time for them to be reciting. When God answers the prayer, you should already be prepared to handle the responsibility. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 16, it says, he says, a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. And we know that there are several ways that we can interpret that and expound upon that. The first way is obviously uh, 
one's tangible gifts, something tangible will give you access into places and something tangible. If I have something to give, somebody's going to listen to me. If I, if I come to the White House and say that I have a million dollars to give the president, I don't care what he's doing. He's going to at least listen. Once they found out I got it for real, he's going to entertain me. So that's, you know, that, that is one interpretation of it. However, the most adamant interpretation is one's skill set, one's gift will be the thing that will open doors for him. One's skill sets, one's gifting, what God has equipped somebody to do will be the thing that brings he or she into great places and open great doors for them. Your gift, not your last name. Your gift. I'm glad he says gift and not education, not family background, not all of these things because you can be gifted enough that even though you may not come from a wealthy family, your gift will put you in places and arenas that your last name would never have gotten you into. You may not know your daddy. Come on here. Your father may not have been in your life. Your mother may not have been educated or been able to provide for you the way that other parents have been able to provide for them. But if you are gifted enough, you will be able to go into doors and will go before great men. I wish I had a witness in the room today. Please understand, my brothers and sisters, that a gift is given by God to sustain and prosper us as well as to be a blessing to others. Now, we can talk a little bit about the spiritual giftings that's given to us in Corinthians chapter 12. We have word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, tongues, uh, uh, interpretation of tongues, so forth and so on. But uh, the Bible also gives us to know in James chapter 1 and verse 17 that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with uh, whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so he gives us to know that although some things are not listed in Corinthians 12 as a spiritual gift, but he says that if it's a good gift, if it's a perfect gift, it has to come from God. Every gift, nobody say every gift, comes from God. If, if you have a gift, then the gift giver has got to be God. And sometimes we try to limit the gift giving from God to only be spiritual things. And so we have a rat race for the pulpit when God is saying there's more than just a preaching and teaching gift. There's more than just prophecy and laying on of hands. You could be gifted in business. You can be gifted in real estate. You can be gifted in sports. You can be gifted to be a basketball player or a football player. You can be a gifted person in the area of, uh, of cooking. You can have a culinary gift. You can, 
You can have the gift of administration, the gift of organization where you can go into a place where things are out of order and disorganized and when you get there, you can formulate a plan to put things together. And if it's a gift that is used to the glory of God, it has got to come from God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God. Hallelujah. If you use it to the glory of God, you will understand, my dear brothers and sisters, that this thing comes from God. And it's not just about church. It's not just about spiritual gifts. Uh, God will, he will plant you in the educational arena, in the economic system, in the banking industry, just so that you can represent the kingdom of God for his glory. I wish I had somebody in here that understands that if you use it for his glory, it's a gift that comes from God. Now, what we've got to be aware of as I'm moving swiftly to my close, what we've got to be aware of is uh, when it comes from God, it is good and perfect. Uh, but what the enemy wants to do is he wants to pervert the perfect gift. That's why we have psychics instead of prophets. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Uh, uh, that's why we have individuals that have gotten a gift from God, but then they've allowed the enemy to pervert it. Uh, God converts and then the enemy perverts. Uh, and so the enemy perverts the gift that God has given to that individual. And now what they do is they in turn use it against the glory of God. And that's what the enemy does. However, the scripture gives us to know that gifts and callings are without repentance. And my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something about how malicious and methodical the enemy can be. What he will do is he will cause you to be discouraged with a God-given gift. Because you take your attention, the moment you take your attention off of glorifying God and getting the celebration of people, then discouragement will creep in. And one of the quickest ways for people to allow their gift to be perverted is when they allow themselves to be discouraged by the lack of appreciation from people or the lack of response from people or the lack of attention from people. And so what will happen is you will leave the house of God with a singing gift that God gave you for his glory because you didn't get appreciated by the church. You didn't get the money from the church. Or you didn't get the applause from the church. And what's the enemy doing? Sitting over there waiting in the corner. Saying, come on over here. We'll appreciate you. We'll celebrate you. We'll give you good money for your gift. All you gotta do is just wear short skirts and have your, your body all revealing. And, and yet we won't give you that money. But he didn't tell you that with that money and appreciation it's gonna be a life of drugs. Y'all ain't saying that. It's gonna be a life of Corruption. It's going to be people trying to take advantage of you. It's going to be like camera and actions. But it's also going to be perversion, corruption. It's going to be you giving yourself over to the lust of the flesh. Please understand that you cannot allow this.
discouragement to drive you into allowing your gifts to be perverted. People may never celebrate you. I want y'all to wake up now, church. I said people will never celebrate you. They may, they may never applaud you. They may never validate you. Come on. They may never say you that you did a great job. They may never say, oh, you sung good this morning, Jeremy. They may never say, oh, the black, you played that organ. Brother Jackson, oh, you played that bass. Jermonte, you beat that trumpet. They may never say, elder, you prayed this morning. They may never say, elder, you talked well this morning. They may never celebrate you. But please understand that you don't do this for the applause of man. Touch your name and tell them my validation comes from God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My dear brothers and sisters, there have been times in which I have preached until I was blue in the face. And some people never moved. They never responded. They never said, Pastor, that blessed me. Pastor, that was the word I needed. But at the end of the day, when I get on my face and lay before the Lord, and I know that I said what he told me to say. That's what I need to get you free from today. Uh, that need for validation. That need uh, for people to pat you on the back. Shout at your neighbor like you got an attitude. And tell them, I know who I am. I know, I know who I am. How did you see it? Let's move on just a little further. Let's move on just a little further. That need for validation. That need for approval is the main cause of allowing the enemy to pervert our gifts. That need for appreciation. Hallelujah. God will look out for you. Hey. Yes, sir. I was a half a church in here. That can be a witness that you know God will look out for you. Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. He'll make it up somewhere else for you. He'll, he'll bring up the rear. You may not get it here, but he'll take care of you somewhere else. Somewhere else. Thank you, Jesus. Because remember, your gift will make room for you. Your gifts will make room for you and bring you before great men. And please understand that the only way that your gift is going to really make room for you is if your audience can identify as great. Because if they can identify as great, that means they can identify greatness. You trying to get validated from people who don't even recognize what greatness is. Can sing like this. You know, you know what I'm saying? That 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 can negotiate. 
associate on this level. They have no schema for it. Y'all ain't gonna help me preach it here right now. It's equivalent to you trying to give $10,000, Sister Andrea, to a, a five-year-old. They don't know what to do with that money, y'all ain't saying nothing. They gonna throw it up in the air, Mother Allison, they gonna ball it up, make a spitball out of it. And the sad part about it is, there's some 50-year-olds that still ain't mature enough to know how to handle $10,000.
brother. I wish I had somebody in here. Why? Why me? Uh, somebody asked me, why you got? Why you got to pay a musician? Why you got? When you paying a musician for operating the church, and you ain't paying the ushers for operating the church? Well, every musician can usher, but not every usher can play. You see what I'm saying? Because being a musician is a skill set and a gift. So the point that I'm saying is there's no need for you to be jealous of somebody because that gifted, that gifting comes directly and straight from God. Shake somebody's hand and tell them you should be encouraged because nobody can do it like you do it. Tell your neighbor, stay in your lane and I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm gifted to do this and you're gifted to do that. Hallelujah. Ain't leaving you in me and me. Just work your gifts. What's the point, Pastor Brown? Here's the point. Ain't leaving you getting upset with nobody, jealous of nobody else, getting envious of anybody else. Just do what you got to do. Because I want to release this word over you in this house. While I was in prayer, the Lord told me to tell somebody, you're too gifted to be broke. Ain't leaving you looking at people that that made millions. What they did was they took that gift they make millions off of their gifts. Now ask your neighbor what you're doing with your gifts. Uh, Alright, you may be seated. Uh, let me move on. Uh, so here it is. Uh, gifts are like muscles. Uh, somebody shout, somebody shout that when I arrive. Uh, gifts are like muscles. Muscles, that means that gifts must be developed. Uh, and sometimes our God chooses to develop our gifts uh, may seem uncomfortable to us. God chooses to develop our gift <laughs> may seem uncomfortable to us. <laughs> how God chooses to do it, how he chooses. If gifts are like muscles, that means the more you work it, the bigger it will be. <laughs> and some of y'all are spiritually sore right now because you've been working out spiritually. <laughs> yes, I wish I had somebody in here. <laughs> uh, you all know how it is, amen. <laughs> When you get to that gym and you start working out muscles that you ain't worked out in a while, <laughs> my God, you'll wake up the next morning feeling like you're crippled. <laughs> I absolutely hate late day. <laughs> Y'all ain't say nothing. Hallelujah. <laughs> you doing all that squatting and all that. Come on, the guy on, you know. <laughs> you're doing all that squatting and then the next day you're sore and then really the day after that. <laughs> You're still sore. You walk in. You're dragging yourself, and spiritually, that's what happens. Whenever you begin to work out your gift, it's not really comfortable. It will leave you sore. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. It'll leave you sore. People will think you're crazy. You can't. You're not as mobile as you would normally be. It's because God has been working out my spiritual gift. Shout out somebody telling me he's taking me somewhere. That's why I'm a little sore right now, but I'd rather be sore now than strong later. Hallelujah. I may have to give up hanging out with you because I'm going somewhere. Y'all ain't saying that I'm going to have to change my surroundings, but God's working out my gift. Because I will be wealthy from the gift that he gave me. He gave me this gift to sustain me and to prosper me. And it's going to bless somebody in the process. But in the meantime, I got to be a little sore. I got to work it out. I can't, I can't do what I used to do. Come on. I can't conduct my day like I used to conduct my day. 
I can uh, invest most of my day in entertainment and not strategy. If you look at your course of a day, I mean 24 hours, if you give most of your day into laughter, entertainment, social media, doing what you want to do, listening to music and chilling, that is a remedy for poverty. As a matter of fact, they taught us. I was reading a book called The Means of Poverty. And in that book, they said that one of the sure signs that you have left out of metropolitan areas and gone into impoverished areas is there's always a lot of noise. You go into people's houses that's impoverished. The TV is up. You go in the hood. Y'all ever help me preach? And you see these people with 22-inch rims. And, and they done painted their Mercedes lime green with yellow stripes on it. With spinners. And wonder why the police pull them over. They're talking about, you know, racism. It ain't racism. You got an $80,000 car. And you done painted that thing lime green with 20-inch rims spinning. But then on top of that, what you got? You got a whole beatbox in your trunk. Okay. Y'all help me preach. You got a whole sound system in your trunk. We hear you before we see you. I think y'all ain't helping me preach here. You go into impoverished houses, there's a lot of yelling and noise and screaming and just TV lie everything. Because poverty is attracted to entertainment. Y'all ain't helping me here. That's why the music gotta be loud, because you're trying to drown out the fact that you gotta strategize and prepare. But whenever you are focused, you don't even like a lot of noise. What's the have somebody in here? Whenever you are strategic, don't do all that yelling in my ear. Come on. Turn that music down because I'm working on something. Shake your neighbor's hand and tell him you got to get to a quiet place. But before you can get to the quiet place, you got to learn how to fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with yourself. That's why you need a whole lot of people around you because you don't like you. Come on and help me preach it here. That's why you got to keep a whole entourage because you don't like you. But when you really realize that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and God gave me a gift, hallelujah, I'm fine with just Jesus and me. I write a book, I'll get a business plan together, I'll make a strategy because I'm gifted. Shout out to even tell him when you arrive. Be seated for the last 10 minutes, if you will. Hallelujah. And some of you all are sore, but it's only because God's been developing your gift. Yeah. Hallelujah. You sore and you got people that saw with you. Oh, you done changed, and I have. Come on. You acted different and did. You, you ain't the same anymore, am not. Because I'm on my way somewhere. And when I arrive, I need to have myself together. Yeah. Well, that's his name. Somebody shout glory to God. They have to be worked and they have to be developed. And sometimes God develops our gift in uncomfortable places. And that's why the palace for Joseph, as we read to our text, the palace was uh, always Joseph's destiny and his destination. Everything else, including his own brothers, came as distractions. Now, don't miss this now. Don't miss this. There are two categories in this season, Desmond. And those categories are destiny or distraction. Yeah. All right. All right. That's all the two categories. And 
And so you're going to have to categorize people properly. Okay? And that if, if they're not destiny, then that means they are a distraction. There's only two categories. only two categories. Tell them. No, y'all sitting like y'all scared. Tell them only two categories right now. Destiny or distraction. And if you're not destiny, then that means you're a distraction. I don't care if you are my brother. Y'all ain't helping me preach. I don't care if you are my cousin. I don't care if you are my co-worker. I don't care if you are my girlfriend. Y'all ain't gonna help me preach. The issue is, if you're not a part of my destiny, then you are on a demonic assignment to be a distraction. Because just like God sends people, the devil sends people as well. Only two categories. My God. Hallelujah. And so Joseph, the palace has always been his destiny. Brother John has always been his destiny. It's always been his destination, but everything, everything else was coming as a distraction. The pit was a distraction. Mm. <laughs> the pit was a distraction. Even, even Potiphar's wife was a distraction. I, I got to go, church. I know. <laughs> Potiphar's wife, Potiphar's wife was a distraction. Yes, she was. <laughs> All of these things, that the, even his brothers turning on him, man. You, you know the story. We've gone through it in the weeks past. <laughs> That he dreams this dream and, and his brothers, they, they are trying to kill him. All because, and he could have lost it in the pit. He could have lost it in the pit. My brothers don't want to be with me. My brothers don't like me. They can't. He could have, Sister Brad, he could have given up everything in that pit. But uh, no, 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 no. He said, I'm not going to end in this pit because I understand I've got a destination. I've got a destiny and this pit is distraction. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I could have easily been pitiful in my pit. But when you understand that it is destiny that's calling you, you don't have time to be pitiful in your pit. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to be pitiful because I realize it's just a pit stop. Lord, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I, I, I got to go. Uh, you know what? I'm going to ask Ashley to be my timer. In the next 10 minutes, just hold your hand up. Okay, watch it. Now, watch you going to do it. I promise you she is. All right? So now, you have to choose. You're going to, when you get in your pit, everybody's going to have a pit in your life. But when you get in your pit, you have to choose. Either I'm going to be pitiful or view this as a pit stop. And Joseph decides to view it as a pit stop. Uh, and so this segment of our text now shows uh, shows us Joseph in another uncomfortable place, much like the pit he was in. Uh, Joseph has now landed in prison. Uh, uh, Deacon he landed in prison for no fault of his own. Uh, look at his life thus far. Look at his life. Uh, living lavishly with his fathers and brothers to be thrown into a pit. Uh, then to Potiphar's uncomfortable house. And then things shift in that house and it becomes comfortable for him. To now being thrown into an uncomfortable prison cell. Let the church say highs and lows. Highs and lows. I'm going to stay in Romans 8 for two verses. 
in this, in this paragraph of my message. The first verse in Romans 8 is verse 38. And we know that A-L-L I feel like running, Lord Jesus. And we know. Touch your neighbor, time. You got to know this. Tell somebody behind you. You got to know it. You just got to know it. And we know. I'm trying to figure out why I'm having believers having breakdowns. You ought to know this. Come on. I'm trying to figure out why I got Holy Ghost filled people falling into pitiful seasons in their life when the scripture says and we know that all things work together shake your neighbor so you better get yourself together and act like you know that you know what you know how you know and we know that all things I don't care what it is if it's a thing it's got to work it's got to work together now some of y'all ain't gonna understand this but this is prophetic shake your neighbor's hand and tell them you gotta act like Tell them because it's working for you right now. Yeah. Tell them you got some employees. And tell them your good and your bad are all working for you. You got to act like the boss and the CEO of this because it's working for you. Please be seated if you will and if you can. Highs and lows, ups and downs. Ups and downs. I'm up and then I'm in a pit. I'm up and then I'm in prison. It's ups and downs. It's the roller coaster effect of life. However, the fame of God never left Joseph. Did you hear what I said, church? I said the fame of God never left Joseph. Because favor is never predicated on people, places, or predicaments. It is contingent on the presence of God. Hallelujah. And Romans 8 and 31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? You know what No, no. Because it's not if God be E R F O R E us. No, 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 no. It is literally if God be E. F-O-R us. That means if God is on your side, I don't care where you go, you're going to make it out of it. Oh, that person. Shut up about hand and tell me you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. If God be for us. So, if God is with you, no matter where you go, or who is around you, you can't miss this church. Uh, you will be just fine because favor follows you. No, no. Because sometimes people think, if you listen to the devil, you think you lost the favor of God when you lost your job. No. Y'all ain't hearing me here. You think you think you lost the favor of God when you lost your house. You think you lost the favor of God when you lost your car. You think you lost the favor of God when, the, when you got sick in your body. No, 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 no. Favor follows you. And your favor is not predicated on your predicament, on places, or people. It's contingent upon the presence of God. And if God is with you, you still have favor. No job got favor. No money got favor. Lost the house, still got favor. 
God and able to tell him favors on the person, not the place. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, God will bless you in the country. Uh, God will bless you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Uh, God will give you favor right on that job. Uh, you flipping burgers, but God will still give you favor back there flipping burgers. Y'all ain't talking to me. The favor's on the person, not the place. Uh, and if you stay there long enough, God will change the place because of the person. Joseph uh, so is now in prison. Uh, he's in prison because of his stance for righteousness. Uh, mm, God have mercy. Uh, he's now in prison because of his stance for righteousness. Uh, and here's the side of righteousness, y'all, Rhonda, that most people don't like to deal with. Uh, we love the boundary of the reward of righteousness. Uh, but we don't like to deal with some people's response to our righteous stance. You don't hear what I'm trying to say today. We enjoy the reward of righteousness. But we don't like folks' response to our righteous things. I want to tell you right now that when you start living right, folk ain't going to like you. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, nobody want to say amen, but I, I got to go. My, my clock is ticking. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but, but everybody's not going to be excited about your righteous things. Come on. Yeah, yeah, when you tell them we can't, I can't have this booty call with you no more, somebody's going to get an attitude. Come on. When you tell that weed man, I'm not going to be funding your business, your weed ministry no more. Somebody going to have, y'all hear me preach that. Somebody going to have, uh, somebody going to have an attitude, okay? Yes, they will. Yeah. Oh my, oh my, come on. When you tell them you can't come over no more, no, I'm not. Somebody's going to have, because they, there's not all a good response to your righteous stance. But hallelujah, you still got to make a stance for holiness. Make a stand for righteousness. Let's take a stand to be pleasing to God in our life. Shake somebody by the hand and tell him, come out of your mess. And quit praying with God. And tell him, whatever you do, you got to know he's coming real soon. If it's part of wife, part of wife made an advance to Joseph on Joseph. He made an advance on Joseph. And when he did not accept the advance, she made accusations. So she gives an accusation for the denied advance. Uh, because she's embarrassed at this juncture. She's embarrassed. You mean to tell me uh, you, you ain't you don't want none of this? Come on here, come on. You need to tell me you did not miss. Don't you know that I've had women to accuse me of being a homosexual because I didn't want their little ashy knees. Y'all ain't saying nothing, huh? Something must be wrong with me. Come on here. I wish I had somebody help me preach in here. People will accuse you because it's not normal. Uh, they're not accustomed to being turned down. Uh, they're, not, they're not accustomed to somebody telling them, no, I, 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 I live it right. Uh, and so she gets mad. So to save face, uh, she has to play the victim. Y'all missing what I'm saying, but I don't have time because people will play the victim to save face. You're really embarrassed, so now you're talking, you're trying to play like you, you're the victim. But no, no, it's really the fact that you're embarrassed because you got caught. 
You start blaming your daddy. You start blaming your mama. You start blaming nobody loved me. No, no, at this point, you blame the victim because you got caught. Just own it. Tell your neighbor, just own it. Just own it. Just own it. So the Bible says that uh, uh, that 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 when Jesus, let me move on. She got mad because Joseph didn't want to sleep with her. And her response to his righteousness was accusation. Okay, just to remind somebody else that I, I really feel this. Remind somebody that everyone will not celebrate with you that you want to live right. Just understand. Amen. Matter of fact, there will be some people that will try to dangle your previous proclivity in your face when you make up the mind that you want to live right. But the Bible says that any man be in Christ. All right, now the church now. Joseph runs. Everybody say runs. Amen. My time is gone. Let me let it go. Joseph runs. Everybody say runs. Joseph runs not because he was scared of her, but he runs because he was scared of himself. Okay, and this is what they don't want to deal with, parish. Uh, no, but they don't want to be honest with this. That's why the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But the Bible says to flee from fornication. Now, the word resist means to put a stance up against. I'm recovering, son. I'm resisting him. He's a football player, so he knows resistance. I'm resisting him. I'm making a stance against him. But when it comes to fornication and the lust of the flesh, the Bible doesn't say resist it. The Bible doesn't say stand up against it. The Bible says flee. Okay, and the reason why he says flee is because you got to know you. Okay. Come on here. I know you say it now, but you ain't forgot. Come on. Oh, Jesus. You ain't forgot them tricks. Come on. You ain't forgot it. You, ain't, you got to run. And Joseph said, I'm not running because I'm scared of you, Miss Potiphar. I'm running because I know me. And if I stay in long enough, there's a creed. To thy own self be true. So he says, run. I'm trying to preach to y'all. Y'all young people and older people alike, because it ain't just young people. You got to understand that you can't play with this Netflix and chill. Come on here. You can't play because you will find yourself jacked up. You better just run free or entertain it. Don't even, don't even play around with it because you're going to be locked up, bound up, and looking crazy. He gets thrown into that prison. He gets thrown into the neighbor. You tell neighbor sometimes you gotta run. The Bible says, the Bible says, free youthful us. You got to flee for your spiritual freedom. As a consequence, the integrity is thrown into prison. But that prison sentence was a setup for his promotion. Did you hear me? The prison sentence was a setup for his promotion. God has always got somebody postured and positioned to promote you even in your problematic situations and so he is in prison with a baker and a butler I call the church somebody shot baker and butler a butler was a cup bearer he was the overseer of Pharaoh's vineyard the baker prepared the food for the king's table. 
And what God began to give me, uh, this is an exposition or exegesis here. This is what God began to give to me in prayer. Mother Hazel, I was praying about this. And the Lord told me, he says, son, in the next season of your life, he said, you've got to trust me, even in your process, to connect you with a butler and a baker. Tell your neighbor, a baker and a butler. You didn't say like a minute, tell your neighbor, a baker and a butler. Yes, Lord, a baker and a butler. Yes, a baker is somebody that will feed you. But then uh, a butler is somebody that will open doors for you. Do I have a witness here? And uh, God will give you somebody that knows how to feed you. That knows how to nourish you. But uh, he's got somebody prepared that knows how to open doors for you. God all right tell your neighbor say neighbor there's a butler that's gonna open the door to your next championship oh Lord yes and yes it was in the pit and in the prison that Joseph's gifts were developed Matured. Do you hear what I'm saying today? Yes, it was in the pit of prison that his gift got developed. It got matured. When we first were introduced to little old Joseph, oh, Joseph was a dreamer. Isn't that right, church? And his brothers and fathers to interpret the dream for him. Did you hear what I'm saying? He was a dreamer in chapter 37. But after he went through the pit, after he went in the prison, we never heard of Joseph dreaming again. But instead we see him being able to interpret other people's dreams. Did you see how that gift evolved? How that gift advanced? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is moving me from dreaming to making my dreams a reality. Oh, yes. I'm in chapter 37, and I'm in the chapter 41. My dreams, I said, I get ready to become a reality. What is that thing that you've been dreaming? What is that thing that you've been believing God for? And I want to tell you that the chapters have changed. Tell the name of Daniel, the chapters have changed. He had to interpret the dream of the butler. Ain't God alright? He had to interpret the dream of the baker. He told that baker, you're going to 
Thank you, Lord. 
much exegesis and revelation in that text that I have no time to expound upon. When Joseph gets promoted because of his gift, okay, remember that, it's because of his gift. That was developed in the pit at the prison. Once he gets to the palace, chapters later, his family comes. His family comes. And the Bible says that when he sees his family, sits back and gets all of his younger brothers and his dad and everybody brings them all there and he's, he's merciful to them here it is Joseph's gifts made room for him yes 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 it was because of a dream that he was initially thrown into a pit and it is because of a dream he was positioned in the palace understand what I'm saying Initially, the dream was the reason why he was thrown in the pit. And it was because of the dream that he's placed in the palace. He could have been vindictive. Zayden, he could have been vindictive. He could have done the nana nana boo boo. He could have been vindictive to his brother. Are you still here? Because I, I feel like something drifting. He could have been vindictive to his brothers. But that's not palace procedures. Listen to me. When God blesses you, you have to release the offense. You've arrived. Why are you still holding on to that? He said emphatically, I understand. I'm conscious. You better for evil. You better for evil, but God
like a tree 